those of you who are just joining us, this is Group Text, and you've actually jumped in on a conversation I am having with Mario Cantone. How are you? I'm good, honey. How are you? I'm doing good. You know? Yeah. Things are good right now for me, but, you know, also the world is a mess and it's everything is just a big shit show. So there's that too. It's like two conflicting things, good it's- things, and then... You know, the Omicron and the COVID and the nation and whatever. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It's it's you know, a you can't lot. Go into your life, no matter how good it is. It's and then you feel guilty for oh. saying, like, oh, I don't feel good or I'm upset or I'm super stressed. Cause then you have to sit there and and I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm tempting fate. I'm like, no, 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 I don't mean it. Like no, I know. It, it becomes this whole neurotic sort of death's death roll. Yes, it does. And you, you know, you do feel guilty about saying it, but you know, hey, you're alive and life is good. Yeah, we are. But you know, this I feel bad for the for the youngins. That's who I feel bad for. The the kid, these young kids that are starting their lives with this shit. I mean, at least, you know, well, I, you know, I in my 20s, I guess I had to deal with AIDS, but you know, uh, and many friends dying and you know, the, the fear of all that. And surviving that, all that stuff, that, that was, that was scary too, but that was, you know, that was my community. Um, and now this is um, the world getting hit yeah. with this thing. And, you know, I don't know. What a happy go lucky. I was, was going to say, and we're back. And we're uh, back. First of all, I adore you. And if I remember correctly, you did a commercial with my mother? Yes, I did. I For did. what? Well, what, was, what was that old whore hawking? She, well, it was Old Navy. And, <gasps> I remember that. And uh, I still have pictures uh, from that day. And she, yeah, she approved me, wanted me to do it. You know, look, and she, I only did two roasts in my life because I hate them. Because um, you sit there and you're, you know, you're a gay punching bag for two hours. So, I did Dennis Leary's because I went to college with him and I know him and I and I love him. And and I did your mother's because I love her and I I knew her a bit Um, and she asked me to do it. And I was like, okay, let's let's go. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know, that's how much I, you know, I I love your mother. And then I did the old Navy thing came after the roast, I think. Um, I don't remember. You know, we okay. were in our family. We're always selling something from our soul to clothing. So okay. it's super easy. It's hard to keep track. She'd have a field day if she was alive right now. Oh, could She'd you even imagine? And probably, you know, they tried to cancel her at one point, I'm sure, you know. Oh, yeah. She was trying. They were trying to cancel her before there was cancel culture. And she yeah, just was like, what are you going to do to me now? Really? Go ahead. Yeah. So everybody knows you from Sex in the City. But right. God, you have an interesting history. Don't I? You really, really do. Starting with that your mother was not just a compulsive gambler, but a a bookie. And mm-hmm. by the way, nothing to be ashamed of. I feel yeah. that it's bond us because I could count a house yeah. by the age of like 10. No, I know. I know. I could stand in the back and count a four wall. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. My mother was a compulsive gambler and a bookie. And uh, yeah, her her sisters were all bookies. Did it make you good at math? No. <laughs> and you know what's so funny? I didn't get that ad- addiction, the gambling bug. 
knock on wood. I didn't get that. I, and I think that's probably the most expensive addiction in the world because the more money you make, the more you gamble. I, I, I was never a gambler. When I would play Vegas or Atlantic City, I would come home with my check. I didn't even go. I didn't even go near it. I didn't want to. I didn't care. Um, but my father was also was never a bookie or a compulsive. Well, he was never a compulsive gambler. And he wasn't even a bookie until my mother kind of quit it all and taught him how to be a bookie. So then he became a bookie, but that was his business and he didn't gamble because being a bookie and a compulsive gambler is like selling the cocaine and doing it. Whereas being just the bookie is just selling the cocaine and not, not dipping into the product. So it's, it's, uh, it's very fascinating. <laughs> it, 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 well, I was going to say, you think compulsive gambling is expensive. You should try have been, you know, in our family with our compulsive shopping. Shop. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I know. And I never did that either. I mean, I, I like to shop, but I never, I guess, you know, what you know, I'll tell you, though, in the 90s and the 80s, that's all I did was buy CDs and DVDs. And I still have them. I'm like a friggin' hoarder. They're like, you know, lined up on the bookshelf like you have behind you. It looks horrible. What's wrong with me? Well, you could sell those now. Yeah, could I? I guess. <laughs> how, much I don't, will, how much will I get? <laughs> I, I have no idea, but I just know that I got a lot of China. My mother would like, she never met, saw, met a tag sale she didn't love. Well, your mother loved good China, and I, I do too, and, and and stemware, and I love stemware. That's my kind of, I like the old coupes, the champagne coupes. I, I have a collection of those. And my husband's like, you can't get it. And if I see some that I like, he's like, no, where are we going to put them? You can't have those. He stops me. But they're slightly different than the ones you have. So I understand Absolutely. this. Yes, of course they are. I can't, I, I, I'm not repeating the product. I'm just, they're coops and there's many different styles of coops. Yeah, there's etched ones and there's, I have a clear one that has like a tube on the bottom. So when you pour the champagne, the fizz comes up through the tube. Ooh. It's beautiful. They don't look like much, but then when you pour the champagne in it, it's lovely. Yeah. But it's, it sounds like you use your stuff. I'm I terrible. Do. All my stuff, like my mom it's all packed away and it comes out. I'm like, become one of those people. Like it comes out at Thanksgiving. Yeah, sure. I know. But you, you have a lot. I'm sure your mother had a lot more China and stemware than I did. And, and, and the good stuff you do take out when it's the holidays or whatever. You don't use it every day. But I do. I use my I, I use my coops a lot. You know. OK, well, that's at least you're using it, which is fantastic. Uh, you, know, um, you have to. So one of your first jobs, I learned so much about you just by cruising around online. Yeah. One of your first jobs was selling chocolate in Trump Tower. And actually that company was before Trump Tower. It was um, it was in the Beverly Center because I moved to L.A. right after college. I graduated Emerson College. Then I went to L.A. and I got a job selling chocolates for that same company at the Beverly Center. What company? It was called Truffles Chocolatier. I don't think they exist anymore. They were. Were they good? Yes, they were good. Um, and I used to do like you know impressions while I was selling them. I would do like Catherine Hepburn selling a truffle <laughs> with a drizzle. I was like, I drizzled that. I didn't even have to move. It just drizzled itself. You know, drizzling the chocolate. So I had a nice design on it. I would like, and people thought I was nuts. Yeah, that's what I would do when they would come in. It was right like I forget where it was. Like kind of it was just yeah, it was a little store. And then when I left LA. They ended up opening in the Trump Tower, and that's I worked. I worked there for just a, a small amount of time, and then this old, older is um, um, he was he was an Iraqi Jew. His name was David Sadie. He was like a father to me. He he. I used to go see him. He was across the hall. He's designed and sold jewelry, and I ended up working for him. And he was this crazy nut that 
was just loving. And I worked for him for like six months. And every time I go see him, he, he'd give me money. Here, take this. This is, you take this. Go give this to you. And then he'd always say like this, you need to, you need to fuck woman. I'm like, I'm not going to have sex. It's <laughs> not going to happen. That's what he was saying to me. <laughs> you are Mau Mau. He called me Mau Mau. I was like, you know, that's a tribe. That's not, you know, I have a tribe, but it's not that. That you tribe. Mama. Like instead of saying homo or right, gay, he'd be like mama. I'm like, all right, I'm a mama. Um, but he was an interesting guy. And uh, Natalie Portman used to wear his jewelry. Lenny Kravitz. We all were at his funeral, and yeah, he 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 was he was a good guy. And that's that's. And then when once I started doing stand up at the Improv and the Comedy Cellar and Green Street upstairs at Green Street, I would kind of just do that on the weekends, collect my money, and pay my rent which was, you know, maybe 350 bucks back then. And then, and, and, and I never, I, and I rarely went out of town or went like on tour or went out of town or played the road. It scared me. I was the opposite of your mother. I liked seeing my calendar blank because all of this shit scared me. <laughs> um, you're so funny and so dynamic. One of the, this caught me completely surprised. One of your longest running shows was a kid's TV show. Yeah, it was called Steampipe Alley. It was on from 1988 to 1993. That's a long run. We were one of the highest rated kid shows in the country. It was sick. We got, we got away with murder. We had like games like find Sammy Davis Jr.'s eye in the pie. We had a (laughs) Pavarotti musical chairs game where he ate beans and pumped gas at a gas station. And I was Pucciano Pavarotti. And he made the kids play musical chairs with whoopee cushions. I had, you know, every mother's day, I had the mommy dearest obstacle course. I had like really crazy shit and it was for eight to 15, but I had a lot of like, you know, 40, 50 year old prisoners from the Newark prison writing me letters. <laughs> like, mm, you're pretty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sweet. I like you. Yeah. I would get, you know, I had a lot of adult fans. It was, it was, yeah, that was my kid show. And, and it was a produced, executive produced a WWOR TV channel nine out of Secaucus, New Jersey, like in its heyday when Howard Stern had his show there and Jackie Mason. And uh, it was uh, the Richard Bay show, which was, you know, that crazy. Oh my God. The movie. Richard Bay yeah, show. It was all done. And then, um, then it ended up, everything just kind of dispersed. They, 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 they didn't really use the studio anymore. I don't even know what's there, but it was also at a time when the station was considered a, um, a superstation. It was called a, a, a passive superstation, which means it was a bottom. I have no idea. All I know is <laughs> it was a passive superstation and another company would buy the satellite and it would go, it was on cable all across the country. So it was on Century Cable in L.A. It um, was it was one of the it was that sort of weird time when cable was just figuring itself out. Yep. And all these different sort of mediums and ways to watch programming. Yeah. Back when we actually used to watch TV. Yeah, I know. I still do. You know, I have Turner Classic movies on all the time. That's my station. Yeah. You, you and my mom and AMC. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. AMC was like the origin. It was the first kind of TCM. And then they started, they had uncut old movies and then they started commercials and then they started doing original programming. And now it's a whole other thing, but TCM came in and kind of took it over and they never changed. They yeah. upgraded and updated and trying to reach a younger audience, but they're, they are dedicated to doing the same thing. And I got to do like a month in October with Ben Mankiewicz, who I adore. And I did, we did classic horror and I got to curate the movies, two movies every Sunday night. And there were five Sundays in October. So I got five friggin' Sundays. It was the most exciting thing of my life. I'm not kidding. Like 
everything that's going on right now, that is the most exciting. And I did it once in 05 with Robert Osborne, which was amazing. But Ben's my buddy, so it was very loose and fun. And, you know, it was just, you know, with Robert Osborne, you're, you know, it's, he's. It was our Robert Osborne. You know, it's like, you're like, you just want to be good for him. With Ben, I can, you know, he's like a bro. Yeah. Like a, you know. What is your favorite old movie? Who, what? Like the other day, like we always, we always said, like you can't be unhappy watching Singing in the Rain. No, you can't. It's great. And you have to stop and watch. Yep, it's great. It's one of those. I think All About Eve is probably the one that I always land on, or Sunset Boulevard that I that I that it's hard it's hard to turn off. You know, The Women, the women another great love, one. By the way, because you already named two of my my favorite, yeah. Mrs. Skeffington. Oh, you know, that was one of my when I did guest programmer with Mr. Osborne, that was one of my choices was Mr. Skeffington. Fanny Skeffington. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you just rattled off. I mean, we might be separated at birth. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that. I mean, and you, it's not that you haven't worked hard and you've done all this, well, but you've had a very charmed career. You think so? You, whose Broadway debut is yeah. coming in after Nathan Lane in what was it? Love, Valor, yeah, Compassion. You know, I yeah, directed by Joe Mantello, who directed three out of the five Broadway shows I've done. And um, that was his first show that he directed. Terrence McNally it won the Tony Award that year for Best Play. And I got Nathan's Blessing and I adore him. Um, and that's how I got to know him kind of. And he, it was it was incredible. It was it, I always said it was all downhill from there. I mean, it's, that's got to be intimidating, though, that that's your Broadway do and, and replacing Nathan. Oh, and I would have to go. Joe, my director was like, go in and watch so you can see where the laughs are. And I, he wanted me to go in like every night, like for a week. And I did it once. And I called him. I said, Joe, I can't. I said, the laugh density is so intense that it's intimidating and scary. I cannot watch him. I see where the laughs are. I got it. And my first night was amazing. My first night was unbelievable. And then, you know, there was a, there's always the second night blues, um, which you kind of forget things. And and then it was a little inconsistent at the beginning. And then it, then I got a really nice groove on it. It's, you know, I hadn't done a run, a Broadway run. I've never done a Broadway run. It was a run. You know, we did, it was six months. It won the That's Tony. That's a run. It is. And it was, it, 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 we won the Tony. And I think the, the Tony Award for Best Play was in May and we closed in September. Right. Well, and the logical next step for you, because when you go from something like that is to walk in, of course, to The Tempest. With Patrick, I mean, how did you not become completely schizophrenic because you went from huge comedy to Shakespeare? I don't even with know. I a, even said to with George. a trained actor. And I'm, you know, in college, I shunned Shakespeare. I was like, I'm never going to do this professionally. I don't want to do it. I don't understand it. I don't like it. You know, I, I and I, I used to say that to Doctor Sharp. I was like, I'm not going to do this. So why am I? Why, why are you making me do this in class? Um, and. And when George Wolfe, who directed The Tempest, it was with Patrick Stewart, it was magnificent. And Anjanou Ellis was in it. She was amazing. It was and Carrie Preston. It was an amazing cast. Um, Rain Wilson was my understudy. Anybody who understudied really? or opened for me became much bigger star than I ever was. I've climbed my way to the middle and stayed where stayed there. And I'm very comfortable at that. But it's a very my, warm and fuzzy place. It's good. I'm good. I don't need to be that relevant. I don't need any. I don't, you know. I don't. Um, but uh, yeah, the Tempest was 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 trying because I got awful. I got personally awful reviews, and uh, 
you know, I was called a screaming queen and, you know, every, so everything you couldn't say today in a review. Um, but yeah, I, and I, and also, you know, the Tempest, I played Stefano, which is one of the clowns is Trinculo and Stefano. My friend Ross played, played, played Trinculo and, and they just, these, first of all, the Tempest is considered one of the comedies because either it's a comedy or a tragedy. It's not a comedy. It's not a tragedy. It's kind of in the middle. I don't love it. Um, it's, I mean, this is so blasphemous to say, but I was like, I mean, I really, it was, I mean, these, these are 400 year old jokes, you know, it's like, <laughs> I wanted to scream at the audience, you make them funny, you know, it was different. Yeah. And there were nights that I really got some laughs, but it was only a handful of nights. And then other nights it was deadly. I'd come off stage and slam the door and be like, it's an oil painting out there. <laughs> but it's, and it's so hard for someone who is intrinsically funny was to it? stand out there going crickets. Oh yeah. Really? And, and and like, you know, you know what the line means because you translated it in your mind and you've studied it, but they don't always know what it means. People, it's very, you know, there was some thing about a fringe jacket that meant syphilis. I'm like, what? What? That's a leap. Yeah. It's like what I was actually, I just started watching uh the tragedy of Macbeth. Well, I want to see that though. The Joel Cohen one. Yeah. And I keep turning up the volume thinking I can't hear. No, you just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. And they're all very deeply acting and 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 quiet and modulating. And I'm just like, speak up and slowly. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a Shakespeare. But I I I I'd like to, I want to see that though, because I love them both. Uh I love Denzel Washington and, and Francis McDonald's. So I, I will see it. But it's I, beautiful. Sure. Visually, it's I'm sure. It's like, you know, and very modernist. But when you see a good Shakespeare in production, I remember, I think from, from the Royal Shakespeare Company, they came in and did Midsummer Night's Dream in the 90s. And that was something. And that was amazing. And Rafe Fiennes' Hamlet. Yes. Directed by John, Kenneth Branagh. No. No, he, no it, was, it, was in, it, was on, it was on Broadway. Oh, okay. I was, was thinking of um, the movie. Jonathan Kent directed it. Uh-huh. It was the best Hamlet I ever saw. It, it was, and he flew through it. And that's kind of the way to do it in a way, even though you're going to miss stuff, you fly through it. And he was so clear. Yeah. That, that, that was for me. But otherwise I'm like, I don't want to see this. It was also a great production of Romeo and Juliet with Oscar Isaacs. Really? And directed by Michael Greif and, and, and Lauren Ambrose. That was phenomenal. That's a cute, that's a major cast. Yeah. And that was in the park. And that's when Oscar like just got out of NYU was years ago. He was, he was great then. And, And Lauren was great. It was beautiful. Yeah, there's some good, you know, the out, I did Shakespeare in the Park, too, after that. I did um, Taming of the Shrew, which is much more of a comedy. I played Grumio. It was, I got big laughs. It was, I understood it more. It was fun. It was buoyant. Mel, Mel, Mel um, Shapiro directed that, who was brilliant. And it was Allison Janney's first Shakespearean job. She had just done the pilot for West Wing. And it was her and J.O. Sanders. And yeah, that was pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, I've had you know, a career, haven't I? Yeah, I was gonna say, do you look back and think about all the 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 diverse group of literally amazing, amazing artists you've worked with? Yeah. And just say, how did I end up here? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I and I, you know, I look at Nathan and I look at uh, you know, Patrick Stewart. I mean, all these Allison, all these people. I mean, I and even people that were just out like Carrie Preston and Anjanu Ellis were just out at NYU when they, when we did the Tempest, right. and, you know, they're huge. I mean, it's, yeah. 
and Rain Wilson. They were all those NYU kids. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's I, I, and, I, and then I forget half the people I've worked with because I'm just old. And well, I have- we 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 all are. Um, also, I know had I had no idea you could sing. Oh yeah, I could sing. What do you sing in the shower? What's your favorite Broadway tune to sing in the I shower? I don't sing in the shower because I sing professionally. That's like asking me what material of stand up do you do in the shower? I don't. Um, I I just I sing. You know, I, I think I'm, I'm playing the Cafe Carlisle in New York again on the uh, in April and um, the 16th through the 21st, and I. I have my band. I sing, you know, I just, I do stand up and I sing and I, you know, I, I, that's, I always love music in my stand up. Always. What's your favorite showstopper? I sing the song to, that I do. Yeah. Um, um, I think I love when I, <laughs> I like doing, you know, I always opened with a closing number. That was my thing. Like I opened in my one man show on Broadway and laugh or I, I opened with a Shirley Bassey tune called, um, this is my life. And it's really like a closing number. Um, and there's another Shirley Bassey tune called Tonight I Gave the Greatest Performance of My Life. And, <laughs> and that's that, that I, I'll open with that sometimes. The other the, one of my favorite is a song called I'm Going to Live Till I Die. That I love. I love doing that. Yeah. We, we, I would be remiss, obviously, if we did not get into and just like that and sex in the city. How did the park come to be? Michael Patrick King, who is the uh, writer and, uh, you know, kind of got the reins, the creative reins of the show in the third season of Sex and the City. He, I've known him since the 80s. He was a stand-up comedian and he always loved what I did and would always kind of throw bits at me and make me kind of do things comedically. He'd give me a situation, I'd do it. He was always the director and writer, um, but a great stand-up too. And he... I don't know. Uh, the third year, he said, "I wrote you something," and it was supposed to be just a one-off. And uh, it was episode. It was, I think, it was, it was in the third season, because I only did twelve episodes. I did like one season three, two season four, three season five, and six season six. And then I did both movies, which kind of solidified it. But he just wrote me that part, and of course, I had to go and just uh, <clears throat> officially to read. But he wrote it for me, and. That was it. And I remember running into him in, in a restaurant and he was like, he said, you know, how, how, you know, the reaction we got from you was quite, got a lot of letters. And I was like, well, great. Am I coming back? And he was like, yes. And I, I did. And that I, was, then the ca- that was it. The cast is such a family and it comes through. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it was season three. It's hard walking into a family. It was, but you know what? I didn't think I was going to walk into family. I thought I was just going to do this one thing. And it was me and Kristen Davis at, at Vera Wang. And that was it. And um, I, and there was actually a second scene that got cut because uh, we had an argument and I ripped the dress. <laughs> luckily, that didn't that did get cut. So we never had the argument. So I got to come back, which was great. Um uh, yeah. And also, you know, Willie Garson, my, my television husband, who I love, adore and completely miss. He was the first, you know, he was the first gay guy on the show. He was the first, he was Carrie's gay friend. So, and I was Charlotte's gay friend. So, you know, back then, especially there weren't room for two gay roles in one show. So I was really lucky that I got to continue this. And then they married us to, I guess, put us together and, create a storyline which unfortunately you didn't get to see right but um you know yeah i mean that's that i'm i'm very um 
I'm, I was lucky to be, to, to have it in the first place. I won't say I'm lucky to continue on it because I'm good on it. So, um, I don't, yes, you are. I don't, I think it's, I think it's, I was lucky to get it in the first place and that, you know, and to be kept being included. And then those two movies and it was like, okay, as soon as the movies happened, I was like, all right, this is good. They're including me, but this is actually the first time I've ever been a regular on a series in my life. You, you know, again, we, that the whole cast is what is so close for the most part. You're such a family and, you know, it, it comes across out and Willie was so beloved by so many people and such a huge part of the show. And I know so close with everyone. How did you and Sarah get through that scene where you have to come in and say he's gone? It was, it, it was, it was, it was hard. And, and I think that was before he passed that scene. He really? Oh yeah. He was still ill and still, uh, you know, in LA and I, th- I don't, I don't know. And so it was before he passed away the day, the, the day he passed away was the, was the day before we filmed the plastic surgery scene with Jonathan Groff and, and, and Sarah. And I, and they found out the day before I did too, but I didn't see everybody till the next day. Mm-hmm. And I saw Sarah and I just broke down and she took me. She was like, she's like a mother. She takes care of me. She, she was sure she had her moment the day before. She grabbed me, took me outside and just, it was very hard. That was a hard day. So the character was being sent away before that he actually passed. Oh yeah. 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 He was very ill. He couldn't finish it. It was, you know. That had to be so incredibly yeah. hard. And, and I, when he told me, uh, I thought it was, she was joking and it was, and then I saw him turn his head and I was like, what? And I sat down next to him and shed some tears. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And you know, it's just, it was awful. And I've dealt with a lot of cancer in my life. You know, a lot of my mother died of cancer. My father died of cancer. My aunt died of cancer. My sister died of cancer uh, three years ago. So yeah, it's a horrible thing. And that was, you know, yeah, it was terrible. Not fun. And then we just kind of just all hunkered down and loved each other and held each other and, and moved on. And Michael had to do a lot of rewrites and, you know, he, he did a great job. Michael's brilliant. He, he just, you know, it was hard for him. I bet too, just to have to dealing with the sadness of that and then having to be in the middle of this thing. That's just, it's work. You got to continue, you know, So, yeah, it was not easy. Were you shocked by how bananas people went when and just like that was announced? Yeah. Yeah. And how it's, you know, the love, the hate. It's just it's and it's one of the highest stream shows in history, supposedly. It's and, and Oh, it's yeah. A lot of, you know, everyone has their opinion about it because they are so close to it and they're so married to it. And some people are just hating it. Some people are loving it. It's a mixed bag, but everyone's watching it and everyone's talking about it. So that's all you want. And I'm very happy with it. I, I'm really, I'm, I love what it is. I love what it's become. I think Sarah Jessica is She's brilliant. better than ever. And she was always great, but it's like, and I said to her, 
the day we filmed that scene where I had to tell her that that Stanford wanted a divorce in her apartment, I said to her, you do this with such ease. And of course she doesn't think that. No actor thinks that. You know, she's like, I do. I don't think, I don't feel that. I'm like, I, I, I look at you and it's just beautiful to watch. It really is. Cause I'm all in my head and I'm, I don't, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but um, yeah, she's, she's amazing. And, and, and Cynthia working with Cynthia again, she's magnificent. And, and she directed one of the episodes that was kind of a big one for me. And Kristen, who also better than ever, she's hilarious just what the character should be at this point. Oh. In life. You know, it's great. So, you know, it, it's, it's just been great. And Evan worked, you know, I finally actually had, I think I had one moment with him in the series, but I got to, that's, that's not, it's on, not this week, but next week, I got to have this moment with him, just acting with him too. was like, you look in his eyes and you just know it's okay. And, and you're there. It, yeah. They're all great. It's been, it's been pretty amazing. I mean, it's really a cultural touchstone yep. Yep. for a lot it's of us. Phenomenon. It's crazy. Um, you know, I also, you, I can't walk down. I live 10 blocks from the meatpacking district. I can't walk down there on a Saturday night when all the girls are there because, you know, it's, I get it's, chased by drunk girls in miniskirts. You know, for some people, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. <laughs> not interesting yeah. to you, but nonetheless, it's always fun to watch drunk girls run in heels. And it, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've been one <laughs> without the heels, but yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I, it, you, I'm just cracking up because I read that one of your first impressions was of Julia Child and you did it at like a middle school talent show. Yeah. I do know that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I made a crepe. Someone took, I used to always watch, I mean, my biggest influence when I was younger was like Lily Tomlin because I love doing character stuff. And um, and Robert Klein was kind of another one that I that I looked, that I, like when I was really, really young, years ago in the 70s. Um, and of course, late, I, wait, late 70s. Yeah, late 70s, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that, um, yeah, but not really. Um, well, because I'll tell you the, the Earl, I what was, it was called youth night. And that was in like, I'm trying to think if that was junior high school or high school. I don't even know, but yeah, I would do like Lily Thomas material. And, uh, and someone told me to do, um, and I would do Paul Lind. Um, oh, and, God. And, now you're dating both of us. Oh yeah. I would do Paul Lind. <laughs> I do his TV series, Martha, get me a martini. And I would do all the, you know, and, 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 um, so someone told me to do Julia Child. I didn't know who she was. And I watched her on PBS and I did her. And I did her um, making a crepe Suzette. And then in college, I got into this group at Emerson College called the Emerson Comedy Workshop that was kind of headed up and founded by Dennis Leary. And I auditioned my freshman year. It was the hottest thing on campus. And I got in right away. And so one of my first sketches was doing Julia Child rolling a joint <laughs> and, and ripping, ripping, because this is when you had pot, you had to like, Yes. You know, and on a screen. So I would, I was like, you can use a colander. You can just rip the screen out of the wall. And I took the screen out of the window, just like scrape. And all the seeds just rolled down to the bottom. <laughs> that was one of my first impressions. It was. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Now, speaking of Julia Child, you bake? Oh. By the way, banana bread is like one of my favorite things. I make, the, I make the best banana bread in the world. And I sell it to a coffee shop 
down the street from me on 19th and 9th called Stone Street Coffee. My friend David Oz owns it. And I baked the banana bread. I don't do it all the time because I do have a life uh, contrary to I, popular belief. I was going to say, I don't. And I, I don't bake, so. I, I bake. I love it. And, you know, and during COVID, I, you know, I cooked, I cooked 385 days in a row with my husband. I made dinner almost every night. Did he at least do the dishes? He did. And he cooked sometimes. So he's a good, he's a really good cook, but I just ended up cooking because he was working a lot. He was, he was running a theater at the time and he was on Zoom all the time. And I was doing nothing except cameos, which saved <laughs> me. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm still doing them because I, I do cameos like they're actually there. I'm so <laughs> sickly invested in it that it's crazy. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, but I do. I, lo- I love to bake. You know, I, I, we did Christmas, you know, I, Jerry does the, Jerry, my husband actually does like the seven fishes, the Italian seven fishes. Wow. I, I do, you know, and then I do lasagna the next day with, you know, meatballs and sausages. And we never did lasagna. We never did turkey. It was always lasagna. God, I love never lasagna. Turkey or, uh, I, don't want, I don't like turkey or ham. I don't want to be friggin' ham. I, oh, but God, now you're just making me really, really hungry. You, you and your, your husband also were very active during uh, lockdown, all that, supporting the Broadway workers. Broadway workers and, yeah. and The also, people that actually make the shows hit, go on every, that turn on the lights every night. Yeah, we did. We were, well, we're trying to like, you know, you're trying to support, like do benefits, online benefits for, for that. Also, also restaurants are a big thing for me. So um, we did, we took our, we did a show, I think in 2016 at Lincoln's, it was the American songbook series at Lincoln center. And we did a show that was filmed and we took it and we put it on online to um, benefit the um, bar bartenders guild. And the, um, I think the restaurant restaurant workers when all these restaurants were closing down. So that, that was important too. You know, this is so much, you know, this I, I every time I do something I try to pick something different you know like I do I do a lot of game shows and <clears throat> I did Celebrity Wheel of Fortune and you know it was uh, the Actors Fund because they they take, <laughs> yep. care of, they take care of you know the Broadway community you know and also I was like you know and when I'm old I want you to put me up in your home so this is actually a bribe exactly so, I'm just protect I'm protecting my future yeah, exactly. But, you also uh, have done a ton of hosting and there was talk about you if Joy Bayer was going to on the view was going to leave you would come in you're such a natural i hate i hate this term personality yeah uh, I, but you know look the view was something i used to do all the time before it became more of a show about political that. show yeah. yeah and every time i did do it since then it was always um the comedy was already always politically motivated, right. except for the last time I did it when they had me host because it was the 25th anniversary, which was really very moving. They put a whole clip together because I did it 153 times. Really? Oh, yeah. And I did. I host. I, I started at Joyce Comedy Corner and then ended up doing these segments after after the award shows and ripping apart the award shows and which was really fun. And then. I made a career out of that. I know. And you know what, though? I kind of try to veer from the fashion because you guys are doing that. I would be like, you know, if someone took forever to walk up to the stage, I'm like, okay. first of all, she's in the back and she's she's doing the Prozac walk. You got to pick up the pace or I would or someone was sleeping or I tried to find other things. Um, So. 
But now, like, I would never want to do that. I would never want, I would never want to be on The View every day because you are taken to task with every friggin' thing you say. So I have, I have no desire to do something like that. Because you're, you're such a natural host. Well, you know, I, I do a game. I host a game show, you know, I'd host a, you know, I host a, a variety talk. I'd love to do that. Well, God, yeah. Like I, I said, also keep it light and I'm an entertainer. I'm not, you know, I'm not really a political comedian. People certainly know where I stand politically. Um, but no, I, uh, it's not something that I, I like doing Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen and talking about, you know, <clears throat> family and life and old movies. And that's what I love to do, you know, and my disdain for reality shows. Yeah. Why the disdain for reality shows? I hate them. I hate them. I think they're awful. I'd never do one. It's the one thing. And I've been offered them. Believe me. Never. How much money would get you to do one? Nothing. I was offered. Really? I was offered a lot of money from the get go to do um, Celebrity Big Brother. I didn't even negotiate up. I was like, no. absolutely not. I will not be staying in a house for three weeks with, with Omarosa. That's not happening. No, I, I was offered to him like, I am, you, you are not locking me in a house with people. No, I bet you. I, I just, you know, I think the way, you know, you and your mother did it was funny because it was all, you know, you could tell it was like a scenario. And even when Kathy Griffin did it, it was a scenario. But even that, I just was like, I, I, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to be responsible for making my crazy family famous and my husband would never do it. You'd have to get, you know, Blair Underwood to play him. So <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. So that's why. Before I let you go, are we going to have another season of, and just like that? I'm praying. I haven't heard anything official yet. Boy, I would like that. I really would. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really, really, it was bittersweet, but it was glorious. And I, I was so happy with the way he wrote me. Mm-hmm. And, he's very protective of me, Michael Patrick King, and he just knows how to write for me. And um, I'm thrilled with everything he gave me. And I'm, I always say I would walk into a room blindfolded with him. So yeah. And if they do do it, you know, I, I hope he does it. I just hope it's all the same. I don't like change, Melissa. I don't like change either. It doesn't, I don't do change. Well, I don't either. I don't like it. No. Now you say you literally, I think, are my my better twin. Yeah. Well, we the, we, we did something together. We did. Um, oh, God. We didn't do it the same day. We were doing it the same day, but it was a different show. Uh, we did. Um, uh, I saw you at your mother's roast, but also I, I, I we did. Oh, how to. You um, show you want to be a millionaire when they were. That's doing right. Alzheimer's. Yeah. We were yep. in, together. It was me and you and. Peter Gallagher were all in the, in the, uh, in the, in the waiting, in the waiting room. room, the waiting room. Yeah. That was fun. I, 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 I want some money for that. I, I want some money for, for, for a celebrity wheel of fortune, which was really fun. And I it was I, jeopardy. I did jeopardy one time. Oh, <gasps> celebrity I, jeopardy. I won. You Okay. See, I would kill to do jeopardy, but I know I would get there and panic because I am freaking brilliant watching it at home. Of course. And then, well, you know what it is? It's the button too. Like you and Alex Trebek, I got to work with him. He was so lovely and fun and funny and tough and biting and interesting. And I just adored him. He, he, um, you have to, 
work that button. Like you've got to press the button after the question is done, like immediately. You can't do it on the last word. It won't, it won't work. So during the rehearsal, the dress rehearsal, I was, I'd lost. And then I got the hang of it once the cameras rolled and I won. I beat Jolie Fisher and Marty Short. <gasps> That's good company. Both smart. Wait, wait, so you can't, do you get locked out if you push the button well, while the question's being keep, asked? Yeah, for a second you do, and you got to keep going. But you got to just hit it like if the question is, uh, you know, this uh, this movie, tie, this musical tied for, for best musical for the Tony Awards in 1957, and you, as soon as they say 57, you got to go. If you say, right. if you're saying 50 and you go, no. You're, you're locked out. Oh, God. Inside tip. Uh, yeah. no, you know. I adore you. Thank you I so much for your time. So fun. Thank you, Melissa. Do I get a gift? <laughs>